I'm Mark Coulter, and this is the Curtis and Coulter Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode number four of the Curtis and Coulter podcast with myself, co-founder and CEO Mark Coulter of Curtis and Coulter LLC, where I'll be speaking to various experts in the fields of digital health, cybersecurity and reputation management, amongst others, over the next few months. As of July 2021, it looks like, for the time being at least, things are returning to some sort of normalcy. In-person meetings are starting to be scheduled and we're seeing live events start to pop up again over the summer and well into the fall. Of course, when the pandemic hit, most of us had to adapt to working and conducting our business virtually. But now that things are opening up again, what does that mean for the previous virtual engagement of customers and clients? Will it still be bigger than ever? Or will there be a hybrid model in place now that the proverbial toothpaste is out of the tube? Well, someone who can help answer that question is Mr. Kim Hale, a 30-year veteran of the medical device industry, currently with virtual engagement specialists within three, based in Salt Lake City. I spoke with Kim recently to get his thoughts on how virtual engagement has changed things and how he sees the technology still being essential to the medical device industry post-pandemic. Enjoy. I'm chatting with Kim Hale. VP and Team Lead Business Development for Medical Device at Within3. Kim's extensive experience comes from 30 years in the medical device space, having worked for companies such as Medtronic, Baxter and Smith's Medical. His last eight years have been in the digital development space for medical device. So Kim, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Mark. I really appreciate the time and appreciate you having me here. So Kim, within three, specialize in virtual engagement. For the benefit of our listeners, can you explain a little bit about what that actually means in terms of engaging with the life sciences arena? Yeah, I I think it's something that we've all been familiar with over the years. Um, You know, we've all had the the webcast webinar meetings uh, where we couldn't attend live Uh, And we would do them virtually sitting at laptops or desktops or even on our phones for that matter. So I think we've all had some sort of experience with that. But in 2020, we were pushed into an area that we all, meaning every company, every person had to begin to experience a virtual engagement situation because doors were shut at offices. People had to go home from work. Work was taking place from a home office at that point in time. And these are companies that had people spread out all over the world. So at this point in time, we had to engage in some sort of virtual reality, a virtual engagement, as you said, 
where we had to be able to talk to people, to look at people, to listen to people on a virtual situation, on a monitor, basically. And so that's really what happened in 2020 is we were forced into this virtual world. Some people were prepared for it. Some people were not prepared for it. Some people used Band-Aids, third-party applications, things like that to get through. And now we've come to a point where we've all learned how to do some sort of virtual engagement very well, and we need to determine how we're going to utilize it throughout the rest of this year and in moving forward into the next two, three years uh, as people have realized that virtual engagement is just as good and just as important as those live in-person meetings. And it's a whole lot cheaper. It was such a massive kind of seismic shift for people going from in-person meetings to virtual engagement. I can imagine that there was a lot of challenges uh, inherent with that. Can you explain a little, little bit about what challenges they would have been for people? The challenges were how to engage. How do we engage our employees? How do we engage the reps in the field? And more specifically, how do we engage our customers, our target audience? How do we we talk to them? How do we go about getting input from them on specific topics and specific subjects? Um, how do we learn how to talk to our KOLs in the field to help us with our market insights uh, with about moving forward with different strategies that we have in place? And so it was very interesting because a lot of that had been done prior to 2020. It had been done in in-person meetings. Uh, but a question I always had for people was, even with in-person meetings, how did you measure your return on investment? How did you measure that ROI, even on a live in-person meeting? Uh, a lot of times things weren't talked about that, that should have been talked about. Questions arose after the meeting was over. And by that time, everybody had packed up and gone home. So how do you continue to engage those physicians, those key stakeholders, you know, in your project? And those were some of the, the issues that people were facing. You know, how do we find, how do we get information? I guess is one of the biggest areas is how do we go about getting information on a new subject, a new product, a new procedure, technique, whatever it might be, when we can't bring people in and have those face-to-face -face meetings? You know, sometimes people fear the unknown. So the thought of bringing in new technology can be met with uh, an awful lot of resistance. How would you handle that? Yeah, you know, it, it's it's the old adage as, you know, I drive a Ford because my dad drove a Ford. I'm not really sure why I drive that car. I just do because my dad did. And so there are a lot of ways of people going about things saying we need to do it the same way because that's the way it's always been done. Unfortunately, it just doesn't work that way any longer. And I should say, fortunately, it doesn't work that way any longer because we have some new and, and really exciting ways with which to be able to communicate with people. You know, we have the ability to virtually engage with somebody and it can be just as important, if not more important, than that live in-person meeting might have been. We have the ability to extend conversations out over a period of time. And so that way you're not losing the people's interest. You're not losing their attention. You actually can hold that attention for two or three weeks and really help that engagement level prosper and become better because of the overtime discussions we have the capability of doing. So I think one of the things that we can look at is something that, that I like to call a hybrid engagement model now, where it's going to be a, a combination of things in order for a company to be able to communicate with their stakeholders, with their target audience. One of those being, of course, live in-person meetings. Those are coming back. You know, I'm looking forward to it. I 
and within three have only met two of, of 200 plus people that I work with because I had the ability to be able to hire them and knew them from before, but everybody else I have only met virtually. So I'm excited about in-person meetings coming up. We have our first one in August. And so I'm excited about that. And I think most companies are, but that is not the end all be all any longer. I think what we now need to say was, yes, let's have those live in-person meetings. But now as questions arise and in order to keep the excitement up and the engagement going forward, how are we going to do that? Well, the next step would be the ability to be able to do a virtual call uh, with somebody, to be able to sit down in front of your computer and talk with somebody face to face. But then let's take it one step further into an anytime engagement. So in other words, being able to take an engagement and spread it out over a, a period of time, an asynchronous discussion or a discussion over time. And being able to continue to engage at people's convenience. As you well know, Mark, both in-person meetings and virtual meetings, you have to be on your computer. You have to be at a location at a specific time. You have to take time out of your day. You have to take time out of your job, uh, out of your clinic, out of your hospital, whatever it might be. And it's very inconvenient. How about if we add back in an overtime discussion that's extremely convenient for people? that they have the ability to come in whenever they would like, early in the morning, before they go to work, or, or later in the evening after the kids are put to bed and they've got some time to themselves. And then, you know, multiple ways of being able to interact in that overtime discussion, being able to do it in your native language, being able to do it on a mobile device, whatever it might be, just another step within that hybrid engagement model. So you've got your in-persons, your virtual webinars, and now your asynchronous discussion or discussion over time to really hold and capture the engagement you know, of the audience you're looking to talk with. Do you worry, though, that because in-person meetings will be coming back, that virtual engagement will be you know, less meaningful and the in-person events will, will take over again? That's a great question, Mark. And, and that's something that I think that, uh, you know, we're just going to have to wait for a short amount of time and see. I think there's going to be a, a pendulum swing, just like we had in 2020, where everybody had to go to virtual engagement and the pendulum swing clear to whatever, whichever side you want to call it, left side, right side, of everybody having to do virtual engagements. I think now with in-person meetings coming back, you know, in late summer, early fall, into the winter, I think the pendulum will swing again. I think it will swing back to a lot of people doing doing live in-person meetings. And then I think it's going to even out down into the center section where, again, there's going to be that hybrid engagement model. You're going to see some live in-person meetings. You're going to continue to see the virtual engagement and continue to see the, the overtime discussions. I know a lot of companies right now are, are looking at their travel budgets and saying, wow, we learned a lot last year. Do we really need to travel people as much as we did in 2019? It's interesting, Mark, because in 2019, I achieved diamond status on Delta and never left the country. So it kind of tells you how much I traveled in 2019. And this year, or in 2020, I achieved diamond status at my desk, you know, so I, I drove my desk, but it was amazing because I was able to accomplish almost the same thing without having to leave my family, without having to go to the airport and find a place to park and, and travel and end up in different hotels, you know, on a nightly basis. So it was much more convenient and it was just as effective. So I think that a lot of companies are looking at that and going, yes, you know, we are going to have a few in-person meetings. We are going to travel a little bit, but nothing like what we did just a couple of years ago. 
Um, I think there's going to be, again, uh, as we've talked about, that hybrid engagement model that most companies now are going to be looking at. And I think that's the difficult part is where do companies go to look for it? You know, where do they go? Is it, is it just something, uh, a third-party app that they bring in, or is it something else that they used occasionally, you know, a couple of years ago, so maybe they're going to ramp it up a little bit? I think the big question is, is companies have to take a good long look at how they want that hybrid engagement model to look for them, not only now, but the upcoming months and years uh, ahead of them. Where do you see the medical device industry heading in the next six to 12 months as we recover from the pandemic? Is there any major trends you think will be front and center by then? The trends are, are going to be is finding that that middle ground where you've got you know virtual engagement in person with, with in-person meetings and things like that. One of the things that the people are going to be, you know, companies are going to be looking at is physicians themselves, some of the, the key target audience group that medical device companies are looking for, you know, is physicians. And one of the things that physicians have come to, to really enjoy about the virtual side of things is they don't have to travel. They don't have to take time away from their family, away from their practice, away from the hospital. They can, they can do a lot of things now virtually that they have never done before. And I think a lot of the medical device companies are now realizing that the expense that's associated with in-person meetings and things like that probably just doesn't have to be the same as it was just a couple of years ago. I think now with the virtual aspect that we have, I think companies are having to take a step back and really look at what they're going to do for that virtual engagement. I mean, the medical device community uh, has done things very similar for very, you know, for a lot of years, you might say. And now it's time for them to stay back, step back, kind of have a deer in the headlight look, you might say, and say, what can we do differently? What can we do differently to engage our people, to keep them interested, even after an in-person meeting is completed, or even after a webinar is done and we go, oh my gosh, I wish I would have said this, or I wish I would have asked that question. The way to go about that and the way that, that people are now beginning to look at it and the device companies have to look at is how do we keep our KOLs engaged, and we do it with that hybrid approach, uh, you know, like we've talked about with the overtime discussion, with the webinars, and, and with a few in-person meetings done here and there. You know, and also, Mark, it goes along to trade shows. You know, as trade shows now become live again, and, and I know we've got some coming up in, uh, in the next, you know, few months and stuff like that before the end of the year, is how do we keep our, our key target audience engaged after a trade show? How do we do a Congress huddle? How do we talk to them about what they learned? Again, this all falls back to not being forced into virtual engagement, but, but getting to use virtual engagement as a tool with which to keep people engaged, even after the trade shows are coming back as well. Special thanks to Kim for being this week's special guest. You can find out more about Within3's virtual collaboration platform by going to www.within3.com. Kim will also be speaking at our forthcoming second medical device marketing post-pandemic virtual event taking place October the 5th and the 6th, which is currently in production. You can find out more about that event by going to www.curtiscoulter.com forward slash MDMPP21, which stands for Medical Device Marketing Post-Pandemic 21. I'll say that one more time. 
www.curtiscoulter.com forward slash mdmpp21. One last thing regarding the virtual summit is there's actually an early bird rate of only $1.99 to attend that also includes on-demand recordings of the event that's ending on Friday, July the 23rd at 5pm Pacific Time. So if you're interested in registering at the cheaper $1.99 rate before next Friday, please go to the medical device marketing site, as mentioned, to register. You can also find these links and other resources for today's episode by visiting our show notes page at www.curtiscoulter.com forward slash podcast. And don't forget to subscribe while you're there so you can get episodes delivered straight to your inbox as soon as they become available. So until next time, my friends, stay tuned, stay safe, and we'll see you soon.